no matter what it is, even if you're not an entrepreneur, if you're working towards something in your life, trust me, on the energetic level, you are making progress that you cannot see. And you have to lean into that. You have to honor that. You have to know that. You have to understand that. Otherwise, you're going to give up because your excuse is going to be, well, I can't see it. Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Hey there, it's Nick. Welcome back to another episode. I am so excited to have you here. If you are brand new, welcome. Thank you for checking this show out. What I'm going to share with you today is a story about how I manifested a scholarship to college and what came along with that. And it's one of my favorite stories. And the reason I'm going to share it with you is recently I've been inspired by this idea of invisible progress. And I had to look back and remind myself of the different times in my life where I have gone through something similar. And this story came up and I shared it with somebody and I was like, I need to share that with my community because I know it's going to inspire you as well and remind you that what you're doing is important, it is valuable, and it is making progress even when you can't see it. And before I jump into that story, I want to let you know that if having more confidence in your conversations, getting more clients in your business, and feeling confident that you always know exactly what to say is important to you, then I have an opportunity that you do not want to miss out on. I'm an exactly what to say certified guide, which means I have tools phrases and words that I teach so that you are more effective in your conversations. You get more of the outcomes that you want more often. You feel more confident that you always know exactly what to say, and you are able to help people make decisions. And I'm teaching you these powerful phrases, not just teaching them to you, but giving you the opportunity to practice and really learn them and learn why they work. In a workshop that I am teaching on August 24th, it runs for four weeks. You are going to get instruction from me as well as guidance and coaching from me on how to use these phrases. You're going to get practice with these phrases and you are going to come out of this. I, here's how I'm equating it. It's like if I taught you the electric slide and you know all the moves and all the things and then you're going to take what I teach you and you're going to go make it this beautiful dance of your own. You're probably going to put some different twists and turns in it. And once you get all the practice with the choreography that I teach you, that's why you're able to put those twists and turns and your own flair in it. That's what I want to teach you with these words. So I want you to know these magic words and know these phrases so that you do have more control in your conversations, so that you are getting more of the outcomes that you want more often. And I'm teaching this workshop starting August 24th. Please go to the show notes to click on the link. You do still have time to get the early bird special if you're listening to this on the day that this episode got released, you have one more day to get in on the early bird special. So click on that link and go grab the early bird special now. It ends on August 5th. And any program of mine that you take will expand you and pay dividends forever. So please know that this 
workshop is going to set you up for success in every conversation that you have in all areas of your life forever, as long as you are integrating and using and applying what you learn. And it will be so powerful in so many areas of your life. As a matter of fact, the last time I taught this workshop, one of the women was like, these phrases saved my marriage. True story. And so I want you to be a better communicator so that you can get more of the outcomes that you want more often from all of your conversations. So please go check the show notes, click on the link, get yourself signed up, and I will see you in that workshop on August 24th. All right, so now let's move into how I manifested a college scholarship. So it all starts when I was in sixth grade. I was a basketball player. My dad was a coach, and he always did workouts with me. And we were a very dedicated basketball family. And in sixth grade, I looked at my dad during one of our workouts, and I said, I'm going to play basketball in college. I'm going to get a scholarship. And he said, do you know how hard that is? (laughs) And I said, I'm willing to work for it. And at the time, I had this uh, player that I looked up to. She played for the Ohio State uh, University. She was a Buckeye. And I was like, I'm going to be just like her. Her name was Marcy Alberts. She was a three-point shooter. I was like, I'm going to be like Marcy Alberts, and I'm going to get a scholarship to college and play in college. And my dad's like, listen, it's a really tough thing to do, but I am willing to help you every step of the way and help you create this and you know, show you what you need to do to make that happen if you're willing to put in the work. And I was like, yep, willing to put in the work. He said, if you get a full scholarship to college, I will buy you any car you want. And I was like, what? That's the promise my dad made me when I was in sixth grade, because I promised him I was going to do whatever it took to get that scholarship. And so he said, as a reward, I'll buy you whatever car you want. At the time, I couldn't even drive a car. I mean, what are you in sixth grade? You're 12 years old, maybe. But I was so set on that. I was so excited. So now not only did I want to, you know, get a college scholarship, because I, I mean, really, in sixth grade, what does that mean to me to get a college scholarship? It's something that all the adults in my family have told me, you know, would be really cool and amazing. But what I really wanted was the car. I was like, let me figure out how to get this car. So for the next six years of my life, from sixth grade until 12th grade, that's exactly what I did. I, I put in the work. I mean, there were a lot of, there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears in those six years. There were a lot of um, wins and losses. There were a lot of late nights in the gym. There were a lot of practices, a lot of camps, a lot of, a lot of quote unquote, invisible progress. And what I mean by that is I didn't have the scholarship. I wasn't in college. What I was working towards all that time was to get to play college basketball. But the whole time that I was practicing and doing all of those things, I was still enjoying myself and having fun and the joy is in the journey. But yet I couldn't see the progress I was making towards becoming, well, I mean, I guess you could argue on some level, I could see some of the progress, right? Because I was becoming a better basketball player. I was becoming a better shooter. I was becoming better fundamentally at all the things that I did. But there was no guarantee that I was going to get a basketball scholarship. And as a matter of fact, I didn't. I'll just tell you the, the I'll, I'll ruin, I'll be the story ruiner right now. I didn't get a basketball scholarship. I got an academic scholarship. Now, what I do want you to know, though, is I got the academic scholarship because I was good at basketball. Let me explain. So as a senior, one of the other things that my dad always encouraged me to do was to get good grades, apply myself in school. And, and I did. And I was intelligent and I applied myself and got good grades. And I had also caught the attention of a couple of colleges because I was a good basketball player. And one of the coaches from one of the colleges called me one day, you know, I was being recruited by a couple different coaches, they'd call the house. And, you know, it was like a big deal, you get on the phone with them. And this coach, when he gets on the phone with me says, Hey, I was looking over your grades, you have really great, uh, you know, great GPA, and you qualify to take this scholarship competition that they're offering at this school, would you want to take it? And I was like, full disclosure, I told him no. And you know why? 
I thought my dad was only going to get me a car if I got a basketball scholarship. So I told him I didn't want the academic scholarship. I get off the phone and my mom's like, what does your coach have to say? He wasn't my actual coach yet. I hadn't committed at that point. And I said, he told me that there's an academic scholarship that, you know, I might qualify for, but I told him I want the, I want the uh, basketball scholarship. And my mom's like, uh, you're going to call him back right now. And you're going to tell him you're going to take that, that test. And at first I didn't understand it. But then when my parents explained it to me, they were like, you can actually have another teammate get that athletic money if you go use your brain and get the academic money. So anyways, they were right. And that's what I did. I won the scholarship competition. So out of, I don't even know, a couple hundred kids, I I won and they gave me a four-year presidential academic scholarship. And you know what that meant? That meant I was going to get a car. Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients, and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to HealthyStepsWithNicole.com backslash 33 places, download it. Watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay, now back to the show. So here I am the spring of my senior year and my dad's like, well, let's go start looking for cars. Like you did it. You got the scholarship. So backtrack just for a second to when I was a sophomore in high school, two years before this moment. So when my dad says you got the scholarship, let's go start looking for cars. Two years before that, I had been at a dealership with my dad. My dad's a big car guy, and so he was at a dealership buying a car at the Honda dealership. How many times can I say dealership in 20 seconds? So here he is buying this car, and I'm like roaming around, and I see this green convertible. And I'm, oh my gosh, I need this car. Green was my favorite color. I just fell in love with it, and I was like, I need that car. But I was a sophomore at the time, so it didn't matter. I didn't have the scholarship. I didn't have a way to buy a car, but I set my sights on that car. And so here we are two years later. I look at my dad. I said, I want the green Honda convertible. It's called a Honda Civic Del Sol. So we go to a Honda dealership. That's the first dealership we went to when we started looking for cars. And they were like, we don't make it in that color anymore. And I was like, but that's the only color I want. They were like, we have blue, we have red, we have black, we have white, we have gray, we have, I don't know, whatever colors they had. It didn't matter. They didn't have green and I didn't want it. And I was like, well, that's the one I want. And they were like, we don't make, you'd have to find a used one. And I was like, okay, we'll find a used one. So for two months, my dad and I looked at cars. He tried to talk me into every other car imaginable. Mazda Miata ran a close second for me. I almost did give in and get a Miata. But I was like, no, I am hell bent. We are going to find this green Del Sol. I just wanted it so badly. And I was willing to go without a car until we found it. That's how dedicated I was. And here I am going to prom one night. And my dad and I are still, you know, we're car shopping, whatever, during this time. But we take a break. I go to prom. And I go to get my hair done before prom, before my boyfriend comes to pick me up. On the way home from getting my hair done, I'm sitting at a red light. And I look over. My best friend's in the car with me. We'd gotten our hair done together. I look over and I'm like, oh, there it is. The Green Del Sol. While we're sitting at a red light, there's a Green Del Sol with a for sale sign in the parking lot 
to the right of me. And I'm like, Jen, I have to stop and write down this phone number because, by the way, this was before the Internet, so there was no way to just look it up. I had to actually, like, stop my car and go over and write this phone number down. And we're running late, so Jen's like, we don't have time. And I was like, I have to do this. So I pull over. I write the phone number down. We rush home. And the first thing I say when I get home, I look at my dad. I'm like, Dad, you have to call. And he's like, you're late for prom. Go get ready. He's like, I'll call because I gave him the phone number. I was like, you have to call on this. He's like, I will call. I promise you. So I get ready. They ship me off to prom. My boyfriend comes pick me up. We have the best time. The next day I get home, I go straight to my dad. I'm like, dad, did you call? He's like, yeah, I did, but it was already sold. I was like, what? I'm so, all I could think about the whole night of prom was this car, right? And so I get home and my dad tells me it's sold. I'm bummed. I'm like, I can't believe this. So he takes me looking for cars for the next like two weeks. We keep shopping for cars, looking for cars, test driving cars. And two weeks later, it's graduation. I walk across the stage. I get my diploma. My parents hug me. Congrats. They were like, we'll meet you at home. I was like, okay. So I'm like right behind them, you know, pretty much. And when I get home, the garage door's closed. I was like, that is so weird. Wonder why the garage door's closed. And my boyfriend and I are in the car together. We get out, we go up, I punch in the code to get into the garage and the garage door opens. And there is the green Del Sol with balloons on it. There's my parents standing there. They're recording the whole thing. I'm all surprised. I'm like, where did you find it? Oh my gosh. Oh, my dad's like, I didn't find it. You found it. And I was like, but you told me that was sold. And he said it was to me. So that night that I brought the phone number home, I gave it to my dad. He did call right away. It was for sale and it was already sold because it was sold to him. And he brought it to my aunt's house, stored it in her garage so that it was hidden from me and uh, ready for me on the day that I graduated. So I did get the Greendell Soul. I did get the college scholarship. But it didn't come without a lot of a journey along the way and a lot of invisible progress and a lot of faith and trust and and knowingness that I was headed in that direction and believing in it even without certainty. I had no certainty that that scholarship was ever going to happen or that car was ever going to come my way. But my belief in it, that thought that I had of it being a thing is what created the space for it to exist in my life. And I had to keep moving towards that and keep that belief. Now, trust me, from sixth grade until 12th grade, I'm sure that there were, I already told you, there was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears along the way. It wasn't easy. It wasn't always pretty. And to be honest, I did almost decide not to play basketball in college. Like, I almost made that decision when I was a senior because I'd had such a great senior year. We'd had such a successful season that I was like, I might just want to end now. Like, you know, I almost gave up quite a few times along the way. And at the end of the day, I was committed to seeing through what I had promised myself that I would do when I was in sixth grade. And it happened because I allowed it to keep happening because I kept having faith. And even when I couldn't see, could not see the progress, whether that's the progress in me becoming a better basketball player or the progress towards me finding the Greendale soul, either way, that invisible progress was either going to be the thing that made me quit and give up because I couldn't see it. Or it was going to allow me to really lean into faith and trust that I was moving towards what I believed and knew was possible. And the invisible progress is a phrase that I heard recently from Ed Milet. I was watching him be interviewed by Lewis Howes on the School of Greatness. And I'm going to share this with you because I just really liked how he explained this analogy of invisible progress. He said he was at a birthday party not too long ago. 
and there was a pinata and there's eight little kids and you know all these eight little kids are excited about the pinata and it's time to play the pinata game and so each little kid goes up one by one the first one goes up you know whacks the pinata nothing happens the next kid whacks the pinata nothing happens you know six or seven kids go up there and nothing's actually happening but you and I know we know what a pinata is we know how this works there is actually something going on each time that one of those kids hits that pinata but they can't see it. And then the eighth little kid to go up there is this tiny little girl and she goes up there and she whacks the pinata and guess what? The whole thing explodes, all the candy comes out, all the little kids are excited. But before that, they had started to lose interest because they were hitting the pinata and nothing was happening. But that whole time it was happening, they just couldn't see it. And that's what's going on in your life. No matter what it is, even if you're not an entrepreneur, if you're working towards something in your life, trust me on the energetic level, you are making progress that you cannot see and you have to lean into that. You have to honor that. You have to know that. You have to understand that. Otherwise, you're going to give up because your excuse is going to be, well, I can't see it. And that's really, I guess, what I want to leave you with is, is on your way to creating, you have to be okay with not seeing it on the physical plane. There's this idea that it's once I have, then I'll do, then I'll be, right? Once I have the thing, then I'll do the things, and then I'll be that person. But without having any of those things, you have to be that version of yourself so that you will do the things that that version of you does. And that way you will have the experiences you are looking to have by being that version of yourself. So it is not have, do, be. It is be, do, have. The invisible progress that you are making is there all the time. Do not hold yourself back just because you cannot see it. And you are fucking amazing and you can do amazing things. And that's what you were put on this earth to do. You are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. And if there's anything that I want you to know, it's that I want you to keep going. I want you to believe in yourself. And I hope today's lesson or today's show really helped you do that in a bigger way. I would love to hear from you. I am on Instagram at the Nicole Kramer. Send me a DM. Let me know what you thought of this episode. And if you really liked it, you could do a couple of things that it would really be meaningful for me. You could share it with somebody that you know would benefit from it. You could leave a rating and review if you haven't done that yet. I would appreciate both of those things. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. And until next time, see you soon. See you All right, that is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you, and I can't wait.